You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. I want you to open your Bibles tonight to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. I don't know how far we'll get, but we'll try to get through this and, and uh, a truth that the Lord has reminded me of and that I want to uh, bring to you tonight, uh, to the body, those watching live. Again, we thank you for uh, your attention, your attendance as well, and uh, I hope that... Uh, that you receive from the Lord tonight. I hope that you receive something from the Word. And so grab your Bibles and go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Let's read uh, just a few short verses here, uh, starting with verse number 7. We'll go down to verse number 10. And the Bible says this, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God, and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but we're not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Amen. I want to talk to you about this treasure tonight. Everybody loves a treasure. We'd like to find a treasure. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, anytime you find, a, you find something like that, that you treasure, it is a good thing. But it's not just about finding a treasure as it is as you as a believer possessing a treasure. Possessing a treasure. Now, let me, let me, let me talk to you about something just for a moment. Let me share my heart. There's something that's, that's stirred in, inside of me, and it's this saying, that we as a church, we must, we must win the lost at all costs. Right. Win the lost at all costs. Win the lost at all costs. And, and we, we, we can do that. As a church, we're going to do that because we are going to continue to sin to proclaim, to spread the message of the cross, which is the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. Amen to that. Amen. It is the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know what? Because it is the true gospel of Jesus Christ, this message is opposed so much by Satan himself. Right. And it's a gospel that you and I, we hold dear. We hold dear. It is a gospel that, it well, if we go back and look from the beginning of chapter 4 and we read down to verse number 7, we find out that Paul tells that this gospel, it cannot be hid. It must not be hid because if it is hid, then this gospel is hid to those that are already lost. It is hid to those that are lost and Satan has so many people blinded in their, in their minds and, and, and they don't even believe. People's minds and their hearts are blinded to the truth and they do not even believe. That is the job of Satan. That's what he does. But the thing about it is, uh, but God ha who has commanded light to shine out of darkness, he has shined in our hearts so that we can give the light of Jesus Christ to those around us. That's the commission of the church. That's the commission. Hey, if you're here tonight as a believer and you're wondering know what your calling is, I'll just give you your calling. Your calling is to continue to shed the light of Jesus Christ to everyone 
everyone around you. Guess what? I don't even know everybody's situation. I don't know where you go from day to day throughout your week. But I dare say that you're not around believers 100% of the time. You know somebody, you see somebody that don't know Jesus in your path, in your walk of life. Because we are in this world. We're not of the world, but we are in this world. And that's just a fact of life. We are surrounded by people that walk in darkness. And let me tell you something. When you get around and begin to shine a little light along their path, they begin to see things and how they are walking a wrong path. They are walking down a wrong road. Why? Because a little bit of light has been exposed to show their path, to show them the direction that they're traveling. Then they, they begin to see something on the inside of you shining to the outside, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ and working on the inside of you. And as it exposes their darkness, my, there ought to be some hunger that, that begins to uh, stir up on the inside of them that they want what you have. That's right. Amen. That's good news. Amen. That's good news. Paul says in verse number 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. In earthen vessels. Now, what I want you to understand tonight is the emphasis here that Paul is trying to bring out, the emphasis here is, is on the contrast between the frail vessel of earth as it relates to us personally and the priceless treasure of power of the gospel of Christ that dwells in us. Right. Now you think of that. You think of that. Man can never be more than an earthen vessel being frail, being humble, being so fragile. But the light inside of us is a priceless treasure it is a priceless treasure now treasure i looked it up and it is a wealth or something of great value again this treasure is god shining in our hearts by the knowledge of faith filling us with his glorious grace in christ jesus now again the earth earthen vessels uh it, when i looked it up in the greek it is anything made of burnt clay these vessels were, they were cheap, they were utterly common, they were the least valued, they were used with small care, and they were bound to break sooner or later. They were bound to break sooner or later. Hey, I don't know about you, but I was a cheap, worthless, that's all that I am. I'm just a cheap, worthless, earthen vessel. I'm the lowest of the low. The lowest of the low. I don't deserve this priceless treasure that by grace and by God's mercy that he, that he has given it to me. Now think of this. Such a divine treasure. God's own presence. God's own presence. So heavenly. So priceless. Beyond the value of all rubies and diamonds. Is placed inside wretched vessels such as you and I. Think of that. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. In earthen vessels. That's very that's good news to me. That's good news to me. Now, here's what Paul's trying to bring out. Because we're going to see in a few moments that we're going to get into, he's going to start talking about being troubled and persecuted and 
cast down and things like that. But the purpose of here is to show that this treasure was committed by God to weak, decaying, crumbling instruments in order that it might be seen that it was by the power of God that such instruments, such as you and I, were sustained in the trials to which they were exposed to. Now let me say that again because that's good. The purpose that Paul is trying to bring out here is to show that the, the, this, this, this priceless treasure that was committed by God to you and I as weak, decaying, uh, broken instruments, it was given to us by him in order to show that the power of God being used in us, being, being shined from the inside out, is that which sustained us as you and I go through trials in this life. Anybody know what it's like to go through a trial? Amen. 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 Trials and tribulations is just a part of being a Christian. I wished it was not, but it is. But I've learned that, as Paul, as Peter would tell us, that the trial of your faith so much more precious than gold because it's through there that God exposes us to ourself and he exposes him to ourself and I see that more and more that I must decrease and he must increase and I see how a little bit more of Brian is, ex is exposed through every trial and a little bit more Brian needs to be changed, and a little bit more Brian needs to uh, be laid down at the altar, and, and a little bit more Brian needs to depend a whole lot more upon Christ through every trial, through every trial. Now, I want you to hang a left to the book of Judges. The book of Judges, chapter number 7. Now, there's some names in here that I'm the worst one ever to try to pronounce, but if you're reading along with me, you'll understand and you'll overlook my inability to do it. <laughs> Judges chapter 7, verse number 15 says this, And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshipped. And he returned to the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered into your hand the host of the Midian. And he divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. And he said unto them, Look on me, and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall you do. When I blow, the tr blow with a trumpet, and I and all who are with me, then blow ye the trumpets, also on every side of all the camp, and say, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch, and they uh, had but newly set the watch. And they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew uh, the trumpets and broke, broke the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow with all. And they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the host ran and cried and fled. And the three hundred uh, blew the trumpets 
And the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, even though, or even throughout all the host. And the host fled to Bethshetah and Zerareth, and to the border of Abel Mehalah unto Tabith. Now, that's as good as I can do. Now, here's the, here's the, here's the story. This is the story where Gideon has to choose an army. Oh, and he's got a bunch of men because he's got a big army to go up against. And God said, you know what? You just got too many. You got too many. And as God began to show Gideon how to pick his men, he winds up sending the biggest majority home. And he's left with only 300 men to go and to fight against the Midianites, the host of Midian. And he said, here's the instructions. You get a pitcher, which is a clay pot, and you stick a lamp down in the inside of it, and you watch my sign. Have your trumpet in one hand, your lamp and your pitcher in the other hand. And when I give the sign, when I get, begin to blow the trumpet, I want you to break the pitcher, hold your lamp up, blow the trumpet, and I want you to begin to shout. That the, the, the Lord, uh, he said to, to shout the, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And the miracle in this story is, is when they begin to do that, the 300 men was all around the camp of the Midians. And when they seen the light surrounded them, and they heard the, the shouting, and they heard the trumpets blow, they were so confused that they thought that they were, uh, that, and the, the lights that had so blinded them that they were, uh, they began to turn on their own self. And the enemy literally killed one another. You see, Gideon and his men never left, they never lifted a finger to one of the men. They never had to kill one of them with a sword. In this battle. And God gave them a great, great victory because they obeyed. Now listen, they had trumpets, they had lamps or torches, and they had their empty pitchers. And, and again, as I told you, he had instructed them to follow his lead. Blow the trumpet, break the pitcher, and light was exposed. And they shouted this, the shout of the Lord and of Gideon. Now, what I want you to understand is, is the trumpet is, the, is a top of the word of God. The trumpet is a type of the word of God. The lamp which is inside the picture is a type of the word of God that is inside of you and I. This treasure, this treasure that is inside you and I is a type of what Gideon told them to take the light, put it inside the picture. And he said, I want you to take it and break that picture. Because let me tell you something. In your Christian walk, if you are not willing to die to self, if flesh is not willing to be broken, you will never live a victorious Christian life with God. You will never experience victory in your everyday Christian walk. Right. You will never do it. It cannot be done. You see, the, the flesh being a top of the picture, it must break. It must be broken in order to be used, in order to give out light. It's like when you take something and you take a big barrel and you had a lamp inside of it and you go over and you begin to poke a hole in it. 
and, and a little bit of ray of light shoots out. A little bit of self just died. And then you, you, you go on to something else. And as God begins to change you from the inside out, there's another hole, another ray of light coming out. Another more of self is being broken. On the, uh, uh, and uh, my flesh is being pulled down. And a whole lot more of me is dying. And a whole lot more of Jesus on the inside is being carried to the outside. And then, you know what? I'm going to go from that. I'm going to go to another trial. And another trial, you know what it's going to do? It's going to poke another hole in my flesh. And when that, when that happens, a whole lot more life's going to come out that somebody else can see. You see, the flesh has to die. It has to break in order for this earthen vessel to continue to give off the light, this treasure that God has entrusted inside of us. Amen. Do you, do you understand that? Do you, do you agree with that? that is, that's good news. Flesh has to be broken. Flesh has to be broken. I will never forget as a young boy, a man come to the Oxy Church and preach from this message, from this text, and he said, if it won't break, don't bring it. If it won't break, don't bring it. It has to be willing to be broken. It has to be willing to be broken. Self and flesh must be broken uh, and again the more that it's broken the more that light can shine, shine through my church what a treasure Amen. what a treasure it is that we have to know that what dwells on the inside of us is allowed to be shined through the outside and it will guarantee victory right. it will guarantee victory my he said what a testimony it is they held up the, the, the they shouted with the, uh, they, they blowed the trumpets and they broke the pitchers. The light began to be exposed and they began to shout with a shout to the Lord and of the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And my, if I could just get somebody to testify of what Jesus has done for you in your life. Somebody needs to testify. There needs to be some testimonies of what God can do and what God has done and what you're believing God to do because somebody else needs to hear that. Somebody else might be going through something that you've already went through and they need to know that that light is there and that light is still able to sustain them that they have on the inside what it takes to make it on the other side. That's right. Thank you, Lord. I didn't mean to preach. I'm just trying to teach. My, 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 the power. This is the power of God. He said in this verse, let's go back to 2 Corinthians. said in this verse that the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. Let's look at the power for a moment. First of all, power is the power to live a godly life. It's the power to live a godly life. It helps us to live a consecrated, dedicated, sanctified life. Victory over sin. It means that Christ and the cross is the source of the power for the believer. It's the source of the power for the believer. You see, I, w I want you to understand, and again, what I'm about to say is nothing new. It is new to the church world. They've not everybody heard it, and, and, and as God will allow us to continue to preach, we will continue to proclaim what I'm about to say. 
is the cross is not only the pivot point of one's salvation, but as well it's the cause of one's ongoing victory. Did you get that tonight? The cross is not just the pivot point of your salvation. It is, it is the cause of your ongoing victory in your everyday life. It, it is. It is. Next, this power is power over Satan. It is power over Satan. It's the power over demon spirits as well as the privilege to use the name of Jesus. We have the power of turning as believers to use the name of Jesus. As long as your faith is in Christ, as long as your faith is in what he did for you up on the cross, we have the power to use the name of Jesus. My, just the mention of that name makes every demon in hell tremble. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. I'm so thankful for that. I will, I've told this before. i got to say it again because well, we've got some others in here. But it, it's just something that's so dear to me. It's a, it's a situation that happened to me personally. But I will never forget, and it will probably go to what we're fixing to get into in the next few verses. I will never forget one time. I can take you to the spot that I was parked, and I was laying in the back of my truck, and I don't even really, there wasn't really a whole lot on my mind. I don't know what it is, and I'm not really, it's really a, I'm not really scared of dark or anything. Just not really ever been my thing. And I laid there in the back of my truck, and I felt the power of darkness. I don't know, I can't tell you, but I don't know what it really felt like, but I, I felt what I thought, what I believed to be the death angel overshadowing me, and it felt like a weight upon me, and all I could do was cover my head up. I didn't know what to, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what to pray. I was too scared to do any, I was too scared to even breathe, and all I could do was begin to say, Jesus, 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 and I'm telling you, it was like a peace that I had never felt before at that time come over me. And, and I knew that's what it was. I knew it was the powers of darkness. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, church. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. There's a spirit world out there that desires to take you out. But my, we have a treasure, brother. We have a treasure that will, that will, that will sustain us if we will just hold on. The next power that we see here, an example that we see is the power to take this message to our community, to around, this, around us, this surrounding area. It's amazing to think that God has chosen weak, worthless vessels to take a life-changing message to a lost and dying world. And you know what? I have found this to be true, that this power this power to continue to take this message, it will enwrap you. It will enwrap you so that even though that there's going to be times that, yes, you will be troubled and perplexed and persecuted and struck down, when we're wrapped up by the Spirit as He gives us the ability to continue to take this message, you will not, you cannot be destroyed. Amen. And that's not my words. It's right here. That's right here. Verse number 8. Paul says we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. 
perplexed, but not in despair. Now, troubled means to suffer tribulation, to press, to oppress, to compress, distress, all of these. And the, the example that Paul is trying to, to bring out here is means that he was placed in the middle of trials so that they seem to press him so tight, such as being, you ever been in a crowded room, in a crowded street, and you literally couldn't even, you couldn't hardly walk, you, you run over somebody, you couldn't go to the side. I mean, people surrounded you so, so tight, you couldn't hardly breathe. And also even brought out the illustration of, of, a, of a wrestling match where one would be pinned. One would be pinned down. And, and really just was so, uh, so entangled that they, they, they could not even move. And he, he says, and that's, uh, he, he, he brings out distress, troubled on every side, yet not distress. It means to him in closely, to cramp. It means to be squeezed. But what I want you to understand that you and I as a believer, we may be squeezed, but we're not squeezed out. You may, you're going to find yourself in situations in this life that you find, you will, you're going to be squeezed a little bit, but you won't be squeezed out. You're going to be hemmed in, but you won't be driven to surrender. Amen. You're going to find yourself hemmed up in a corner. And Paul leaves us with the thought that although he was a victim of adversity, he was also a victor in that adversity. Amen. He, even though he was, he was in the middle of it, he was a victim, he became a victor about that. You know, and I, I look around, and, and if I may, just for a moment, I'll look around because it is a blessing to me to see people that continue to fight the fight of faith when I know that they are being hemmed up. They are being crowded. When they, when they, don't, uh, when, when they feel like they are completely being squeezed, and, but, but yet I see them, they, they, they seem to find a little bit of room to maneuver. They find a little bit of room to maneuver. I mean, yeah, I'm pinned down to the mat, but my, I got a foot I can move. And I'm going to move it all I can. Or maybe I got a, a hand, an arm I can pull out. And I'm going to move it. I, everything else is pinned, but I got something that I can maneuver. And I'm not quitting because I can still move something. And I look around and I see those like that. And Brother Charles, you've been a blessing to me, man. I've seen you being hemmed up. I've seen you being cramped up. But I've seen you also find something that you can move, something that you can maneuver. Sarah, I've seen you hemmed up, sis. I've seen you up against the wall. I've seen you pinned to the mat. But I've seen you also not give up and not keep going. Cynthia, I remember them times. I remember the times coming in the door sideways. You was hemmed up. The devil had you pulled down. He had you pinned to the mat. But my, you found a little bit of way to remover, maneuver around here one day. And the power of God hit you and healed you in an instant just like that. I look around. I mean, we are surrounded by that. Stephanie, you found some way to maneuver when you wanted to give up. We've all seen it. We've all been there. Your family has experienced times when you have been cramped up. You've been squeezed, but you've not been squeezed out. You've been hemmed up, but you've not been driven to surrender. Praise God for that. Guess what? Unless you haven't noticed, you're still here right now to fight another day. Amen. 
Amen. Yeah, it's bad out there. It's rough out there. And the situation probably not looking to get no better. But guess what? You're still here. You're still here to fight another battle. You're still here to fight one more day. And if a day looks like it's too much for you to fight, don't worry about going through a day. Make it to breakfast. Make it to breakfast singing the praises of God. Praising the Lord. Get caught up in his word. Let the power of the Holy Spirit give you a little bit of unction on the inside to make it to breakfast. And then when you get to breakfast, guess what? Your situation, it may be better. It may not be better. But guess what? Why don't you just try to make it from there to lunchtime? Don't worry about the whole day. You don't got to worry about the whole day. You got to make it from moment to moment. Because it is by little and by little. But the power of God is there to sustain you. Why? Because we have a, a, a treasure on the inside, that on the, this earthen vessel that is there to give us strength when we need it the most. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I got to tell this. I got to tell this. Are you thankful? Are you thankful for what, this, what we have here at Faith Worship Center? I, I love, it is a blessing to me to be able to tell some. I was telling somebody today, matter of fact, I was talking to somebody on the phone, and they said, hey, in case I don't talk to you, happy Easter to you. And I said, you know what, thank you. Are you going to find yourself in church Easter? Said, yes, I sure am. I said, good. And they got to tell me about a little bit about the church and how it's not been doing real good. And, and, you know, last year was just hard on the church. And I said, I wouldn't know nothing about that. What do you mean? And I said, I've never seen the church grow leaps and bounds as Faith Worship Center has. Never seen it like this. Ever. Ever. I've even asked at times, Brother Charles, Brother Buford, did you ever think, did you ever thought it would have come to this? Both of them said, never imagine, but God is good. Amen. We've opened up the walls, made more seating. We have some problems, we have some issues that you need to be praying about, such as parking. Such as what are we going to do next? Because our seating is already getting full again. But Faith Worship Center's been hemmed up. We were troubled on every side. We've sat there and we've seen the enemy come in, strip us down to nothing. We've been the laughing stock of the community. I don't even know how far I need to go. <laughs> but you know what? Through all of that, my, there was a little bit of room to maneuver. There was a little bit of room to maneuver. When it didn't feel like I had a hand, and I, did, I didn't even have a foot sometimes, I, I just wiggled my toe. I didn't have that pin. I just wiggle my toe, and then when I, my toe got a little more looser, and I've got to begin to pat my foot. And then when my foot got a little bit looser, I just, hmm, 
went to doing that right there because there was something on the inside. We couldn't quit because there was a lot on the inside that was changing us. It was changing us from inside out. And this light, my goodness, as God began to continue to give us an avenue to preach, to proclaim, to teach, we started the foundation class. Didn't have a clue what was going to happen. But my goodness, God began to give us the increase. We were hemmed down. We were squeezed, but we wasn't squeezed out. And bless God, I can tell you, we've become a victor on the other side because the devil is a liar. And everybody else that was around, pointing their fingers they're really wondering now they're really wondering now because you know what I'm hearing now I'm not hearing around town of my that church is going to be like Noah's Ark it's going to fold up there ain't no way it's going to make it you know what I'm hearing now what's going on at Faith Worship Center that parking lot is full what's going on down there if I chew just come and see Come and see. We've been him. But again, by the grace of God, there's been an avenue for us to continue to spread this glorious, glorious gospel. Perplexed means this. It means to have no way out. It's a problem without a solution. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's a problem without a solution. Now again, we understand these trials are allowed by God. But what I want you to understand is that with God, there's no such thing as a problem without a solution. Did you get that tonight? There's no such thing as a problem without a solution. God always allows situations like this to, to come upon us so that we would continue to learn, as I said a moment ago, total dependence upon him. Total dependence upon him. Despair means to be utterly at lost. To be utterly at lost. Paul said he, was, he had never come to a place of despair. And you know what? With faith in Christ... And the cross, victory is always going to be there for you, church. It's always going to be there. I can't tell you that it's going to be all sunshine every day. I can't tell you that. It ain't all the day of rainbows every day. You don't get the rainbows without the storm. As a believer, we are never without strength and resources. God will Supply. Often these circumstances will take us to our wits end and we don't even know what to do or where to go. But never to the place of ultimate despair. What I want you to understand is it's not unnatural. Listen to me a moment. It's not unnatural to doubt. But it's not necessary to despair. It's possible to feel perplexed and confused. But church, it's not necessary to give up hope and surrender the fight. It's not necessary. It's not necessary. We have at our means the power and the promises of God at any time. Verse number 9, real quickly, we're fixing to close. Persecuted, but not forsaken. It refers to being pursued, but not actually caught. 
pursued but not actually caught. Persecution, tribulation is just, again, it's just a part of our Christian life. Cast down means to be thrown down, to be at death's door. <laughs> My, somebody's going to know what I'm talking about here. It means to be thrown down at the death's door. The enemy is over us to administer the final blow. Yet the Lord time and time again steps in with deliverance. <laughs> hey, I have felt like that at times. I felt cast down. And I thought the final blow was fixing to come in any moment. But my, Jesus always shows up just in time. Amen. Truth is, victory is not what we experience, but it's how we experience it. It's how we experience it. Triumph is not escape from adversity, but it's bearing it to personal conquest. No matter if we are troubled, no matter if we are perplexed, no matter if we are persecuted and cast down, we can. It's a promise in this book right here. We can be a victor. Victory is already ours. It's guaranteed. It's guaranteed. Again, the purpose of this is to expose this treasure that's committed by God. I said it a moment ago. This treasure that's committed by God to us as weak, decaying, and crumbling vessels so that it might be known and that it might be seen to all when we go through trials and tribulations that it wasn't by my own strength but I was sustained by the power of God. I was sustained by the power of God because he's already given me this treasure on the inside. My, that's why I love that song, that simple, simple song. I got Jesus on the inside, working on the out. Oh, what a change in my life. The Holy Ghost and fire changing my desires. My, 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 so true. So true. I didn't get to verse number 10. I'm going to leave you with this thought. He says, always bearing about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Simple put, I can explain this verse by one more verse. Luke 9, 23. Luke 9, 23. How do I always bear about the body of the dying? I, I actually, I, I, I deny myself and I take up, my, I take up the cross my cross daily, the cross that Jesus already paid for. I take up the benefits of the cross that he has already laid out for me. And I do this daily. I do this late daily. I take, I take upon myself the benefits, the benefits in this life each and every day. Amen. Well, I hope you've been blessed tonight. And again, I thank you so much for coming on this midweek service. Got a great, great looking crowd. And um, uh, just families and, hey, we got something for all ages for everybody. And uh, so we, we appreciate you so much. Those watching live, thank you again as much. Please, if you can at all, uh, you can, we're, you're welcome to join us tomorrow night for, for foundation class week three. And, and if you can't come, uh, would, you, would you do us the honor and send some prayers our way?
and uh, be praying for our class. Uh, and we'll we'll take it back up at seven o'clock. It will be aired live. If you can't be here, we encourage you to go back and watch and to uh, to listen. And uh, so I, I believe it will be a blessing to you. All right. Anything else? Any more announcements? Sunday morning, ten o'clock. Please invite somebody to come to be with you for Easter. And uh, you know we're going to be here. We're going to feel the presence of the Lord right. because He's alive. Right. Amen. Amen. Would you stand tonight? Again, we love you, and we thank you so much for being here. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for your grace, your love, your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for everyone that is here. And, God, this word, this simple truth that you've given us tonight, Lord, help us, O oh Lord, to understand that this treasure that we have on the inside is that which will continue to sustain us through every trouble, every trial that we go through, Lord. God, that it may be a testimony of what your power is able to do. And I ask you, God, to continue to go with each and every one of us as we go our separate ways. Lord, keep your hand upon our families. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you and God bless you and your family.